0: It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment.
1: moment.
2: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to another special edition of Mic'd Up. I'm your host Mika Gadston, and I'm here with another update regarding um, Charleston's grappling with the COVID-19 crisis. So, as of the time of this recording, it is Monday morning. It is 7:23 a.m., and I'm here with the newspaper in front of me, like I am always. I guess um, if I'm uh, many of you, perhaps, hopefully, you had. Um, this weekend to relax and to regroup and come up with a strategy for not just yourself, your household, but perhaps your community in terms of how are you going to navigate of um, uh, uh, these restrictions and this new reality reality that we all are faced with. And um, yeah, that's what I did this weekend. I'm coming up with a game plan that reg- that is um, something where I can help manage the day-to-day routines of my my folks, my elderly parents. Uh, I don't have kids, so I'm not dealing with school closures or, and things like that. But you know, even coordinating when I'm going to leave and, and go to a grocery store and bring back you know, necessities, um, things like that really require a game plan. So I hope many of you did stay home as much as possible. I definitely tried to stay home um, for the duration of the weekend and I was successful. Um, I did venture out to uh, get pick up some supplies from an area grocery store um, and also, of course, the Sunday paper, even though I have access to that online, um, I took certain precautions, gloves, gloves, took off my clothes when I re-entered my house, uh, even showered um, after that. Uh, you know, I took so many different precautions and I hope you all are doing that as well. I think we're forced to do that. And, um, you know, it's, it's wild. I have to think about every move I make that involves me leaving this house. Even when I go to retrieve the mail from the mailbox, um, we have to continuously wash and, and, and think about our clothing and who we come in contact with. And I live on Wadner Law, and so our neighbors are very social and it's nothing for me to walk out to um, my driveway and to see a neighbor. Uh, and to start a conversation with my neighbor next door over the fence and so practicing social distancing um can be a challenge and and i live in a rural area that's somewhat remote so i can only imagine um how it is for you folks uh with kids who play with other neighbors and uh, perhaps have you know robust social lives around your your neighborhood so i'm rooting for you all and i'm sending out good vibes good vibes to everybody within the sound of my voice um, again, let me uh, hop into the the headlines for today. I want to prepare folks uh, for this week, for today, uh, and what to in- expect, what came down the pipe uh, this weekend, legislatively, locally, nationally, all of that. But hopefully I can do this in a concise manner. So like always, I'm going to read from the paper, read our top headlines. And then um, this episode is going to include clips from uh, News 2. It's going to include clips from um Yeah, Gavin Jackson over at SCETV and also uh, NBC, National NBC News regarding um, the recent stimulus package that did not get through the Senate. As as of the, the time of this recording, the stimulus package that was proposed, the most recent one, did not make it through the Senate. There were so many issues this weekend. Um, One of them being that, you know, Senator Rand Paul uh, had disclosed that he had, in fact, contracted the coronavirus. And so um, he's unable to participate in person and key votes. And so there's a lot going on. But uh, again, let me let me keep it local first and get you caught up as to what went on uh, here in the low country and throughout the state so i'm opening up my post and courier again it is monday march 23rd and it is 7 27 a.m uh the top headline on the e version or the the digital version that i'm reading of the post and courier reads um which is good above the fold actually they kind of switched it up so coronavirus does still dominate local news but um they shed story on a on a they shed light on a story that I've been tracking closely, which is uh, saving the Mosquito Beach Hotel, the African-American um, landmark. Uh, there are efforts, renewed efforts to save that historic monument, that historic structure. So that's great to see above the fold. Um, so if you can um, head online and, and or pick up a paper if you have one, that maybe landed in your mailbox or driveway this morning. Make sure you read that story about efforts to save these very important historical landmarks um, for African Americans. Um, below that story, um, I mentioned this on my last episode the College of Charleston and other area campuses are closing. Um, this headline, written um, This headline that I'm going to read is uh, closed campuses having ripple effect for students who don't rely on university housing. Refunds are concerned. So you can imagine those who rent apartments, students who rent apartments, how you know, how do they break their lease and how do they get back maybe deposits and other monies? And it sounds like an an ordeal. So check out that article. It's written by Jenna uh, Schiffel. Uh, all about the College of Charleston and what these students are required to do. I'll go ahead and read the first two paragraphs. Um, It reads, more than 200 universities across the country have temporarily closed due to growing concerns surrounding the coronavirus. As a result, many institutions of higher education, including four year and two year and technical colleges across South Carolina have been left scrambling to switch to online only classes and asking students to avoid campuses unless absolutely necessary. Again, that's written by uh, Jenna Schifrell. She also is um, following news regarding high school Um, Our local high school. She has another article that's headlined uh, high school students face uncertainty. So there's a lot going on, especially our seniors, those who were looking toward uh, looking forward to graduation and um, distance learning is posing a set of very unique challenges to those who are either um, in higher ed or in secondary education throughout the state Um, I'm going to give an update from again I'm going to use the SCETV news clip to catch you up as to um, some other details regarding moves within our education system Um, let's see so that's the front page of the Post and Courier Um, the right hand column Um, does, does, um, hmm. so yesterday there was, (laughs) there was a news conference yesterday held by, uh, the leaders of local municipalities. So the mayor of Mount Pleasant joined Mayor Tecklenburg, Al Cannon, um, from the local jail, um, also joined the men. And I know that there may have been a member of law enforcement whose name escapes me, but yesterday, um, basically Tecklenburg, Mayor Tecklenburg led off a, a news conference, giving folks an update. He came out, um, with a graph, uh, like it was on an easel. Uh, we you know it, it had, uh, it illustrated that, that well-known curve that everyone is asking folks to help flatten by staying put. And so much of the content from that news conference really just reiterated, um, what, what we've heard from Mayor Tecklenburg, which is urging folks to stay inside, urging folks to, um, uh, moderate their behavior and to, um, to basically, um, make better decisions. I'm waiting for the mayor. I'm waiting for mayor, all the mayors in the, um, immediate area, my immediate area. I'm waiting for them to just go ahead and do what they need to do, which is shut down the city. That is my opinion. Um, I think you cannot leave it to folks to make their own decisions. We all have to be on the same page. And if you're not shutting down, places like salons and um you know nail plate you know nail salons hair salons barbershops if you're not shutting down places where folks can possibly come in contact with um you know come in contact with with uh, contracting this this virus um to me these are just like empty words uh so we need a little something with a little bit more teeth from our local leadership because uh folks are going to continue to live daily lives Unless the government, the government steps in and says, hey, you know what, we might impose a curfew at 9 p.m. And I know that sucks. And I know that sounds for some, it sounds like, whoa, that's too much for the government to do. Um, but we're seeing in places like California, Pennsylvania, New Jersey and New York, we're seeing place in Washington, we're seeing um, local government officials really take the um, take the reins and just go ahead and, and make that decision for folks. And I do believe that it will yield positive results. So um, yeah, yesterday's press conference um the, the uh, article written by Fleming Smith is headlined as officials urging residents to stay put. Tecklenburg uh, colon business as usual has a price as cases in South Carolina reach 195. So yeah, business as usual has a price, but we're not seeing folks really put the hammer down and say, you know what folks, let's just let's go ahead and stay home. That's my opinion. But um yeah, we'll see. But I think that the uh the city's hand will be forced eventually things are going to have to shut down completely. Um, There's just too many people out there. I went to Harris Teeter yesterday and while I was encouraged to see folks stock up on important items, you know, as I drove around, you see a lot of other things that might be risky for folks. So um, hopefully folks will, uh, will moderate their behavior. So that's the headline from the Post and Courier. Uh, please make sure you support them and read their coverage again as I state in every episode regarding COVID-19 much of the coverage from not just the Post and Courier but also the state newspaper and McClatchy a lot of the coronavirus um, uh, coverage is no longer behind a paywall so you can access information vital information and get those up-to-date numbers on infections that Fleming um, that Fleming Smith article did have the most recent tally of infected South Carolinians at 195. I'm clicking on the tracker now for some reason it's not loading. Um but we'll take that as um the most up oh, let me do it. Right. No. Yep, yeah, here it goes. So yeah, so we have 35,224 known cases in the United States and South Carolina this number says 191. Um. Well, no, 191 sick plus three South Carolinians have passed away due to the coronavirus. We have 43. You have Kershaw County leading the state with infections at 43. I'm not going to go through the whole list, Um, but yeah, almost, you know, the counties are starting to rack up. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing counties on this map that weren't listed before. But, of course, as testing becomes more readily available, we're going to see that number tick up. So leading, I'll do the top five. Uh, Kershaw County has 43 listed infections. Richland County has 31. Greenville County has 19. Buford County has 14 and Charleston County has 13. Charleston is edging up. It was down uh, in the low single digits for a while, but Charleston, of course, the biggest city in the state will undoubtedly see a rise in numbers um, as time goes on. Okay. So that is the local update in terms of the Post and Courier. I'm going to go ahead and play a, um, a clip from local. Let me see if I got this. I'm going to try to play a clip from our local, um, NBC affiliate.
0: It's Monday, March 23rd, and here's a look at what News 2 is working on for you today. DHEC now reports 195 cases of COVID-19 in South Carolina. There are 13 in Charleston County, two in Berkeley County, one in Calden County, and one in Dorchester County. So far, three people have died in the state. Someone associated with Wando High School in Mount Pleasant tested positive for coronavirus. Charleston County School District says they called parents and staff and sent a letter from DHEC. This weekend, five additional Roper St. Francis Healthcare patients tested positive for COVID-19. At least 10 Roper patients have tested positive for coronavirus. One patient who died had significant medical conditions. Limited access starts at 7 this morning for the town of Sullivan's Island. Residents will have to show their license, windshield decal, or proof of property ownership. Anyone going there for work will also have to show documentation. 18 University of South Carolina students are now quarantined. University officials say someone who lived in a dorm tested positive for COVID-19. Staff are providing meals and other needs to the quarantined students. Remote instruction starts today for South Carolina State University. Students have until 6, Sunday night to move out of their residence halls. You're asked to contact your residence life coordinator to schedule an appointment. And you now have until July 15th to pay your federal taxes and state taxes. The deadline was pushed back three months because of the coronavirus pandemic. Count on News 2 for the list on air and online at counton2.com. In Charleston, I'm Kate Prestack. Count on 2.
2: The next clip I'm going to play contains uh, a bit of reporting from Gavin Jackson from SCETV. Uh, So much news shifted between Friday when I last came on the airwaves and uh, today. Uh, And so while this is not the most recent bit of reporting um, from the state level, it is an update from Friday that I think is important for folks to hear regarding uh, changes at the state level. So here you go.
3: Welcome to This Week in South Carolina, I'm Gavin Jackson. As COVID-19 continues to spread throughout the state, country and world, schools and establishments are being forced to shut down in this crisis. People are being asked to social distance themselves and the economy is lurching. So how is the state coping and what do you need to know to protect yourself and your family? We have the latest from this week. At this time, the COVID-19 virus has infected more than 11,000 Americans and killed 154. Hospitals are taking precautions, including Lexington Medical Center, which is screening respiratory patients outside of and separate from its emergency room as a precaution to prevent spread. Drive-through testing is provided in other areas, and patients can be pre-screened via telehealth. Kershaw County has been hit hardest by the virus, with community spread being detected there on March 8th and being home to more than 25 cases among the 14 counties that currently have cases. Local leaders there addressed the community's response earlier this week. Our small community finds itself at the center of this storm, but we know this, we will emerge only stronger and only more united. State epidemiologist Dr. Linda Bell continues to provide updates on the disease.
1: On behalf of all South Carolinians, we want to express our deepest sympathy for the family and loved ones of this patient. This loss is a reminder of the importance of taking precautions to protect those at higher risk, like the elderly and people with serious underlying health conditions from exposure to illness. As South Carolina's lead public health authority, our top priorities remain preventing the spread of disease and protecting the public's health. We know that many South Carolinians are concerned about what impact the virus may have on themselves, their loved ones, and on our state. We are currently only seeing ongoing transmission in one county, Kershaw County. We want people to be prepared and to remain calm and rational as more cases occur. Recognize that the majority of illnesses are relatively mild, the type of illness for which individuals may not normally even seek medical care.
3: Another big shift in the way of life in South Carolina was the closure of schools.
1: I first want to assure all the parents of school children in this state that we are still in a partnership And principals, superintendents, teachers are working together as we speak to prepare to continue instruction for your children and also to be sure that those who need to be fed will
2: be fed. That one was a snap.
3: Across the state, schools were ready to respond as teachers began shifting coursework online in some situations and sending it home in others. Cafeteria workers and bus drivers mobilized to ensure students remained fed.
4: So today, it's white milk, chocolate milk, and cheese. So they don't
1: get a choice, the choice. You, They don't get a choice, because the white milk goes with the cereal and the
3: chocolate milk goes with lunch. In Kershaw County, the scene was of organized chaos, with carts stacked with boxes of bag lunches and coolers filled with milk, ready to go out to thousands of students every day.
2: So today, and until the kids get ready to go back to school, we're going to be delivering lunch and breakfast to our regular bus stops. But they'll any kid under 18 can come and get lunch or breakfast, well, lunch and breakfast. And I mean, honestly, like, it's actually good because, like, for some kids in the district, this is their only mean of food, is from, from the school and stuff like that. And at the same time, like, this is a lot of kids' only positive atmosphere is the school. So to see the kids' faces, put a smile on their face, also put food in their stomach, it makes me excited.
3: Meanwhile, the state and federal government crack down on what older kids can do. I want to speak particularly to our largest generation now, our millennials. I have the mom of two wonderful millennial young women who are bright and hardworking. And I will tell you what I told to them.
0: They are the core group that will stop this virus.
2: So that was just a a little look into, um, you know, statewide changes and news and updates. Some other headlines that I read this weekend were interesting. Um, One, which is uh, something that I'm looking to, um, I'm going to track closely, that is, is what's going on in Columbia, Um, as many of you already know the mayor of Columbia, Mayor um, Benjamin is extraordinarily powerful and influential and all eyes are on him. Um, And I'm watching him as uh, the city is about to roll out a $6 million plan to combat the coronavirus and the economic um, fallout. This is being uh, reported by a Bristol uh, merchant from the state. Uh, And so uh, today, I believe, is where we'll see what type of economic package did um, the lawmakers in Columbia roll out, because what they do, hopefully, um, um, hopefully it's ambitious. Hopefully it definitely meets needs of the workers here and also, of course, our small businesses here, um, because I hope that Charleston is able to follow suit and other municipalities where we all live. Um, so watch out for that today for more information and news. And I'll have an update for that tomorrow regarding um, that stimulus package at the state level. Another headline was um, I read last week via the uh, Washington Post uh, that, you know, South Carolina was about four days, according to some area hospitals, South Carolina was about four days away from not having enough protective equipment for its healthcare workers, folks on the front lines of fighting this um, fighting and testing for this virus. Um and so um as of March 20th, uh this article was was written by Sammy Fretwell and Joe Bustos um uh, Abustos uh and it is titled uh, expired medical supplies delivered to fight the coronavirus. South Carolina says it's okay for them to use they're okay for use. So that was a little interesting. Um I know that we we definitely need to um employ all kinds of tactics to help fight this virus, but the fact that we're rece- receiving a stockpile of expired medical. Uh, equipment and supplies. It's a little unsettling. It shows you how stressed our current healthcare system in the state is. Uh, I believe the National Guard rolled out, brought brought all of this. um, Yeah, it says soldiers with the U.S. Army National Guard, U.S. Air National Guard, and South Carolina National Guard loaded up uh, personal protective equipment and other supplies that will be distributed distributed to all 46 uh, counties in South Carolina. So um, yeah, and and then there's a video that accompanies this headline. If you are reading the state newspaper online, and uh, the video shows a number of like military vehicles, military style vehicles, uh, bringing in the supplies. But it's unfortunate that they are expired. But hopefully, the expired goods will not um, hinder our healthcare professionals from administering quality care. The last update I'm gonna leave you with is from a national um from national news outlet NBC. It's regarding the stimulus package that was proposed um in the Senate this weekend. And uh, yeah, just take a listen. It's, it's not the best news for a Monday morning, but hopefully by the time you listen to this, hopefully we'll get some um, more hopeful news coming our way regarding what type of relief we can expect as citizens here uh, dealing with just shuttered businesses. Everything has come to a screeching halt. So hopefully we'll receive some relief from our federal government. Take a listen.
0: What are your key takeaways? And we should inform our viewers that a potential deal, a more than trillion dollar stimulus package that we thought was coming together, there was going to be a procedural vote. At this point, it seems as though no deal tonight against the backdrop of this.
4: That is absolutely my biggest takeaway. Over the weekend, I've been speaking to business leaders, banking executives who said, It sounds like things are getting closer and closer. They're in close contact with Secretary Mnuchin. But the fact that no deal happened tonight, that's devastating for individuals, small and big businesses alike. So let's start with individuals. The president said right there how much he cares about the American people. This is obviously not their fault and they'll be getting checks. We've heard the proposal from the White House, $1,200 to people who make up to $75,000, but Without a deal, they're not going to be getting that. As far as small small businesses goes, they have extended small business loans to include even more businesses, a bigger number. But think about the logistics. These are loans, they're not grants. We are one week away from from credit cards being due, from rent having to be paid. Small businesses are any businesses with 500 people or less. So yes, there's more availability for loans, but we don't know what are getting passed or the logistics to get any of this money to those companies. And now the third leg would be big business. So publicly traded companies, I invite you to look at Dow Futures. They're down over 900. 100 already, and that's since uh, the president started speaking, and he still is saying select businesses, right? He mentioned there the cruise industry. He said how important it was economically, specifically to Florida, and what a big employer that was. And that's true. But I invite you to look. The three largest cruise lines are not registered in the United States. They're registered in Liberia, Panama, and Bermuda. So we know there's going to be a lot of public pushback around these quote-unquote corporate bailouts because they're not across the board for industries. It's for Mm -hmm. select industries. And one of the things we heard from Democratic lawmakers today, there's not enough details in what these bailout packages will be. And one of the gripes in 2008 were banks were bailed out and it worked out for executives and stock buybacks happened, but it didn't trickle down. Now, the president mentioned he didn't want to see stock buybacks, but again, we just don't know the details. And the fact that we don't have details and no deal signed, that means no money's going through. Not yet.
2: That is my update for today, March 23rd, Monday morning. And so for more information, you can always follow me on Twitter. I, it's uh, Mika Gadsden, M I K A G A D S. D-E-N on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also follow me on Facebook and follow the Charleston Activist Network for more information. Uh, Also feel free to email me if you have any questions or concerns regarding coverage. If you have any news that you'd want me to impart to others, you can email me at Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A at com always reach out to me and uh, yeah give me any information you think I could use or that's important to be heard over the airwaves Um, or also you can consult the uh, show notes if you're listening to this uh, Encore presentation on iTunes via podcast form please check out the show notes I always include links to important information to us here both um, in the low country and for folks who might be listening throughout the state so until next time, I hope everyone listening to me, you stay happy, stay healthy, stay whole, stay home. Um, and to all of my Gullah Geechee folks out there, y'all stay black.